Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Debate Till You Drop podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the quintessential debate in Canada. And no, I'm not talking about Quebec's independence. I am referring, of course, to the residential schools. As we all know, in 2008, Prime Minister Stephen Harper issued an official apology for the residential school system and most importantly, the harms it brought to Indigenous children throughout the years. We have all heard and learned about the horrors that they went through in those places. However, as with most things we talk about here, it is more complicated than that. So, let's get started. At the beginning, there were treaties. In fact, these treaties are the primordial reason as to why it has historically been so hard to solve the matter of reconciliation. We all know what the treaties were about. It was a contract, pretty much, between the crown, this being the British crown, and the indigenous people of Canada. Now, the difficulties are that many First Nations see themselves as a sovereign nation states on par with the federal government because of the so-called relationship they had with the crown. On the other hand, the government sees them as a separate sector of Canadian society. You know, kind of like Quebec or a province which comes with a segregation of government services as well. The result has been an impasse in which First Nations are renuant to any kind of federal intervention and the federal government is careless and unsympathetic to indigenous issues. Perhaps it would be helpful to pick a couple of recent cases and see how they prove my point. First, we're going to start with the most recent case one. The blockade at the train tracks in Belleville, Ontario. As we all surely remember, the blockade had started as a retaliation for the construction of a pipeline in the so-called claimed territory of the Wet'suwet'en First Nation. The blockade paralyzed the supply chain of the country as it was the most important rail link between Eastern Canada and Western Canada. Supermarkets shelves went bare, pros and meat were hard to find, and in many ways the shortages looked like a preview of what was to come during the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the blockades were also important for the massive amount of coverage they and the indigenous issues they claimed to represent attracted. On one hand, we saw massive support for the indigenous cause, donations to bail funds, supplies to the protesters, and an increase in awareness regarding what had happened in the Wet'suwet'en territories. However, on the other hand, demands for police intervention, calls for continuing a legally backed construction project, and anger surrounding shortages. In the end, the bouquet was lifted, Empty promises remained empty, construction resumed, and society forgot. This will be a recurring theme during this podcast. Now, we're going to go back in time a little bit to the times of Pierre Trudeau and Jean Chrétien. During the administration of Trudeau Sr., his Indian Affairs Minister, John Crichton, introduced the so-called White Paper. This piece of government legislation would apparently do away with the Indian Act and reset the relations between the indigenous people and the Canadian government. Special provisions should not be granted to any member of Canadian society, claimed Trudeau. Equal access, equal treatment, and equal status with the rest of Canadians seemed like a good idea at first glance. 
However, the proposal was met with massive vitriol by leading indigenous organizations. I was always intrigued by the indigenous rejection of the white paper. To the degree, I still am. To me, it look at I look at it in a similar way that uh, you would look at Abraham Lincoln's proposal of uh, 40 acres and a mule made to emancipated slaves in the 1860s. I thought it would be perceived as an opportunity to finally move on from a torturous past and into a present where indigenous communities wouldn't be kept back and hidden from society at large. You know, um, I think it would really help with stopping the, the true marginalization that indigenous people live. However, the reaction then and recent events like the train blockade seem to signal to me that perhaps indigenous people have no interest in joining Canadian society, culture, or life in any shape or form. Now the question then becomes, is this okay? Is it okay for them? And is it okay for us? Let's get to unraveling that question. In many places where colonialism has existed, there has ever there has always been, or there is, a process of reconciliation. This is almost the rule in these places. For example, in places like Latin America, indigenous culture has been integrated rather than assimilated into the mainstream culture. However, as I said before, it seems, as, it seems as if indigenous people in Canada have no desire to bring their unique attributes into the big melting pot of Canadian society. We must also remember that there are plenty of immigrants here and abroad who yearn for the privilege of doing exactly that enriching our society and making this country stronger. If indigenous people choose to discard that privilege into the garbage, then they should not retain the considerations that they have been given as reparations for past misdeeds. We have admitted our wrong deeds, apologized, and paid reparations. However, the bill has come due, and First Nations are at a crossroads. Integrate and improve our and their lives, or stay and slowly drift away in the river of history. Before I send you all off back into the world, I'm going to do a quick recap of everything. The residential school system left a legacy that is felt today. As Prime Minister Harper put it, the legacy of Indian residential schools has contributed to social problems that continue to exist in many communities today. His statement rings harder every day. It is an undeniable black stain in the history of our great country. We might not be able to ever appreciate the great misdeed this was. However, it would be an even larger injustice to those survivors, their descendants, and their country to continue the harm initiated by the schools. This task is the largest hurdle we face as a country in the 21st century. Solutions have been proposed, but actors with bad faith on both sides have prevented the process of reconciliation. They do so in the service of ulterior political motives. The fact of the matter is that we demand of immigrants and integration into Canadian society. It is only fair that we, the original immigrants, achieve the same thing with the indigenous population. Thus, enriching both ours and their way of life. Thank you very much for staying with me in this episode. We do not know what the future holds, but whatever it is, united we will stand, divided we shall fall. Have a wonderful night. <laughs>